0: to Chris and Reggie's Cosmic Treadmill, where we go back, back to, the to the past back. and read some comic books from DC's yesteryears of publishing. You can hear us every week on the Weird Science DC Comics podcast. And this week we have a book requested by none other, none other than Jimmy J.J. Werner, uh, you know, from the famous Good Times podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what are we reading this week, Chris?
1: We are reading the first issue of not uh, Commandy number one, the first DC issue. This is uh, a <laughs> <laughs> this is a uh, November 1972. It's by Jack Kirby uh, with Michael Royer on the letters. Uh, cost 20 cents and hit the stands August 29th 1972. And uh, before we go into the book, let's do a li- We'll do a little bit of a brief uh, look at uh, uh, at the King Kirby here because because. We don't want to go too deep on this because he he might have multiple episodes of, oh, yeah. uh, of another program we do. Sure. <laughs> in him there, but uh, we'll give you the uh, the quick and dirty here. He was uh, born August 28, 1918, as uh, Jacob Kurtzberg, an Austrian Jewish immigrant. Uh, he was the son of Benjamin and Rose. He uh, co-created uh, Captain America with Joe Simon in 1940. Uh, he and Simon would work together in comics throughout the 40s and most of the 50s. Uh, they covered, like, every genre and basically created what we think of as the romance comic.
0: Yeah, uh, but, yeah, they basically created that uh, that whole concept, which really is a lost concept today. But sure is. It was, it was huge for its time. But, yeah, they did everything, westerns, horror, sci-fi, you name it.
1: Yep. And uh, with a guy you might have heard of named Stan Lee, he, uh, he worked at a company you might have heard of uh, called Marvel. Hmm. And, uh... Pretty much made up, co-created everything you can think of with a few exceptions. Yeah. They uh, launched what they uh, call the Marvel Age of Comics with Fantastic Four number 1 in 1961. Uh, he co-created the Avengers both separately and as a unit. Uh, the Avengers launched in 1963, also the X-Men in 1963. Uh, we'll jump ahead a few years here. He leaves Marvel in 1970. Felt he was kind of mistreated. Um, and there was also uh, uh, some growing friction between him and Stan. Uh, DC was more than happy to scoop the man up. Yeah. Uh, they started placing ads in comics, and, and I'd love to say I was around during this time, but I wasn't. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> but I've got I've got a grip of comics from this era, <laughs> and it's always cool seeing these blurbs like there would be uh, like blurbs on just any cover saying Kirby is coming. I yeah. mean, it could be an issue of anything.
0: It, it was it tremendous. Was, uh, I mean, this was like yeah. the first defection, I guess, or you know, it's like the first. Movement from one company to another that was worth noting at all. Who before this? Who gives a crap if the same guy that draws exactly. Richie Rich is drawing, you know, uh, <laughs> Casper. Casper. Well,
1: <laughs> who's, who's just Richie Rich dead? Yeah. <laughs> but uh, you yeah, know, yeah, like uh, he he was kind of like the, the big. It, it's weird because. It was hardly hardly seemed like guys were actually getting credited, but everybody knew who Kirby was. Yeah. Um. He was kind of like the first comic celebrity, if if we could say that such a thing was even a thing. Yeah. Um. He came over, did work on a Superman's Pal Jimmy Olsen. Um. Now part of his contract with DC stipulated that he work on at least one existing title. So he chose Jimmy Olsen because it was slated for cancellation, and uh, he wouldn't be uh, putting another penciler out of work. So he would he would slide into that spot. And from there, yeah, he'd launch uh he that because Dogside's first appearance is in an issue with Jimmy Olsen.
0: Oh yeah, well J- Jimmy Olsen eventually got he brought back the Newsboy Legion, which was a mm-hmm. Golden Age thing, and the Guardian was their like overseer, uh basically superpowered babysitter, and he also worked for the newspaper. Uh, it was yeah. a he he brought in a, he folded in a, a whole new thing with Jimmy Olsen. It's no longer the Turtle Man. It was uh yeah. Him versus or the Elastic universe. Kid, yeah. Elastic Kid, yeah, Elastic Lad, <laughs> that's right. Uh, yeah, but but,
1: uh, but Kirby created a lot of these uh, concepts. He brought back, right, or co-created uh, like the Guardian I think and that, the Newsboys, right, or is that Simon?
0: Uh, I, oh, he created them originally in the forties. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. The Guardian was his creation, or it actually might have been a co-creation with Simon. I, I'm not sure. I haven't done the uh, research, yeah. but it was definitely you know from that era, from the Captain America times. So yeah, he was using his own. Characters which had actually, ironically, been folded into national publications back then. Sure. Uh, like almost everything was <laughs> all the superheroes, <laughs> and uh, he was able to bring them back. And and that's actually the thing I'm most familiar with is the Jimmy Olsen run from that time, uh, yep. along with OMAC. But besides that, he also launched the Fourth World comics. Uh, was featured and created characters such as Mister Miracle, Big Barda. Uh, dark side light ray orion many many others glorious godfrey granny goodness so you go on and on um even in 1970 jack kirby he could see that newsstand comic book distribution it wasn't going to last forever so he conceived of a future where epic finite comic book stories would sell basically he's talking about original graphic novels and selling comics in the bookstores which happens right now so he was right uh fourth world actually picks up right from where he left thor uh, ...when he left Marvel. Author Mark Floris, a.k.a. Ronan Rowe, says... ...the idea of the New Gods had come to Jack years earlier... ...when he was plotting 90% of the Tales of Asgard stories in Thor. He wanted to have two planets at war and end with Ragnarok... ...the battle that would kill Thor's lucrative pantheon. Instead, he tried the idea in his Inhuman stories. Now he was presenting it in its original context... ...though he wouldn't ever say it publicly... ...the New Gods book started right after the gods and Thor killed one another the first page of orion of the new gods showed the same scenes from thor a planet torn in half and armored gods holding swords and dying on a fiery battleground
1: that that's incredible
0: i know it's uh, and and when you really think about it and i'm definitely not as versed in thor as i am in the new gods but i know <laughs> i know enough to 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 see the connection there you know what i mean the uh sure you know odin is um you know the uh new the god old father or uh, the father exactly high, father, know, high, high father, father, father right right um yeah loki is like you know uh either orion or i guess who knows mr miracle or you know
1: there <laughs> there are
0: connections there and they definitely yeah have,
1: there are correlations
0: they yeah. wear the same kind of uh clothes but really commandy uh, or commandy however you would like to i i like to say uh commandy because i think he's probably you know from europe uh <laughs> <laughs>
1: I like uh, to make it two words. I say Command-D.
0: That's which, which we'll we'll learn is the, is the <laughs> proper pronunciation. Uh, in the early 1970s, Carmen Infantino expressed interest in procuring the rights to the Planet of the Apes property and publishing comics based on it for DC. Uh, but they, uh, they wound up losing a bidding war with Marvel over Planet of the Apes, and they had a fairly successful run of it through the early 70s. If not, I don't know how yeah. long that ran. Uh, but Infantino still wanted a similar series to run through the publisher, so he turned to the newly arrived... Jack Kirby, the King. Uh, Jack had created a series of comic strips in 1958 similar to Planet of the Apes, but before Planet of the Apes was ever a thing. The strip was called Commandi of the Caves. It was unsold. Uh, it just He did sketches, but it never went anywhere. Um, La Planeta de Singis by Pierre Boulet was published in 1963. This was Planet of the Apes, the novel. And then this was adapted to film in 1968. So... The idea of Commandy precedes Planet of the Apes, despite Planet of the Apes being the reason this <laughs> comic this exists. Book. So, for, you out know, that's something you can play with, folks. That's uh,
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: the world of intellectual property is uh, very twisted.
1: Yes, nebulous and twisted. Um, now, hopping into the story here, we got Commandy number one, The Last Boy on Earth. We open on he riding a raft through the flooded ruins of New York City. Uh, after several days, he comes across a small tribe of humans, and uh, he scares them away by yelling hello, oh, which uh, makes me think that he might have discovered Arizona. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing scares my neighbors more than me saying
0: hi. Not a, not a really friendly neighborhood. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Not a very friendly state. No. <laughs> you know, I'm from the neighborhood. It's like everybody knew one another, but when you come here and you say hi to your neighbor, it's like they cover their kids' eyes and they <laughs> scurry uh, into the, the and, house. It's, uh, it's like, oh, that's 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 a guy from down the block. Don't talk to him. Well,
0: that must make you feel right at home coming from New York. You're like, well, all right, I can sure. handle that. I, you know, I also <laughs> got to say this, this page opening, it's got this full-on splash of uh, Comandy and... I, this is such a Kirby face. I got to think this is where they stuck all the faces they erased off Superman that they had Kurt Swan draw. Yes. And it's definitely. And <laughs> I mean, it's, I mean, here, Kirby is actually, he's not only just writer and penciler, he's the editor. So, yes. so there's no oversight on Kirby right here. He is <laughs> go, going, this is him going hog wild.
1: Yes, but the chains are off. Yeah. And, uh,. Let's see, we got here a sudden explosion from the direction of his safe house, uh, or his bunker. Uh, he had booby-trapped it before he left on his journey, and he caught himself an armed looter. Uh, Graham's Commandi is exploring the tunnels below the uh, bunker there, and young Commandi goes in after him to ensure that he's just safe and still alive. Uh, as he runs through the tunnels, we see a crumpled sign that reads Command A. Mm. Hmm. Hmm. Finally, he comes upon Grandpa and the looters in a vault-designated Command D, Strategic Planning Center.
0: Well, that's good they didn't seek shelter in a TCBY. He'd have a much stupider
1: name. They would, indeed. (laughs) Uh, Unfortunately, he is too late. A pair of wolfmen have killed him real good and stole some documents. And a fight is on. Commandy handles himself quite well. Uh he has got the he's got the little Kirby pew 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 gun. Oh it's so Which good. is great, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> uh and this is just like classic Kirby comics storytelling. It's great.
2: Yeah. Uh a commandy says My fangs aren't all at a pistol. I know karate too.
1: I, I love how it's just karate i know it's, it's like i'm gonna give you a karate chop
2: but uh,
0: like, isn't isn't this in the distant post-apocalyptic future like uh, so karate yes. has survived you know karate <laughs> has survived down the ages through like the end of mankind they still they still learn karate which is nice
1: and judging by his do i think disco led, that led <Yeah>. Winds up, uh, he winds up electrocuting a wolfman in a, in a, a massive, glorious Kirby crackle. Uh, Commandy leaves his home now for good in the wolfman's rickety rig.
0: And look at this thing. It's got one t- one wheel in front. <laughs> it's awesome. <laughs> it's, it's like so, it's like something out of an amusement park. I don't, you know, It looks sure. insane. I think these wheels are actually giant, like oil drums or something. Looks like
2: it. Commandy says, It bucks like a horse and it makes sounds like a coffee pot, but this wolf wagon is moving.
1: And I'm so pleased to learn that coffee and coffee pots will still be a thing after the apocalypse.
2: I think think we're finding that a lot of
0: references from the 20th century have survived (laughs) into this distant post-apocalyptic future. Uh, (laughs) From here, he hops on the New Jersey Turnpike and he comes upon a platoon of tiger
1: men. Who are waiting to pay the toll.
0: Yeah, most likely, but one of (laughs) of five on this mile marker. Uh, The leader is a... Commandee sees a guy about to snipe this leader from the uh, brush, so Kamandi shoots the sniper before he can pull the trigger. This gives the Tigerman's leader, Caesar, uh, is very appreciative of Kamandi's deed, and he abducts him and informs the boy that he is now his pet.
1: Yes, yeah, so they don't think about that one too hard. <laughs> you it could get dark quick.
0: Well, the other option probably was instant death, so this might be a pretty good uh, turn. He's doing Kamandi uh, I, right I,
1: here. I guess, I guess you got to weigh <laughs> it. Yeah. <laughs>
0: So, the tiger's enemy army shows themselves as the platoon gathers gathers itself, and the enemy are leopard men.
1: Mm-hmm. And we are kind of close to the Bronx Zoo, except that's probably it's a probably mile underwater. You, but, would, uh...
0: you would think so, yeah. I mean, it's, <laughs> I just think there's an awful lot of uh, leopards and tigers for New Jersey, but what do yes. I know? You know, this is this is the far-flung future. So,
2: mm-hmm.
0: uh, Caesar and his tiger men decide to stay and fight, but the boy is sent back to Royal City for safekeeping. Caesar keeps leopards at bay with a scepter that fires a laser and it sets the landscape ablaze and kind of creates a wall of fire they don't want to get past. Uh, Caesar's aide refers to Commandy as Caesar's pet and gives him an open-hand slap in the mush to quiet him (laughs) for a bit, which is pretty startling. Uh, Just like, shut up, kid. Whack. Um, Commandy wakes to to find himself locked in the royal city kennels along with other humans who actually act like uh, feral dogs. Speaking of dogs, there's an anthropomorphic dog serving a nasty-looking gruel to to the unwashed human mutts. Commandy says,
2: Wolves, tigers, and now dogs. I wonder what other wonders the years of radiation have produced.
1: And it's it's weird because he's he's been out on he's been out on trek he's been journeying, and he he's never seen these anthropomorphic critters before. Yeah,
2: I mean, is this his first day out of the bunker? And if that's and, like, and
1: if so, he's handling it really well. Yeah,
2: I, you know, I would be like, what the hell is going on?
1: Oh yeah. You know? I'd, I'd be turning that pew-pew gun on myself. Tony,
2: the... Exactly.
0: <laughs> Tony the talking tiger these guys ain't, I'm telling you. No. Scary stuff. So, uh, savage humans all rush and gather at the gruel like the beast at a trough, but not Commandy, who instead beats on the chest of his whip-wielding captor. This kind of show is not for me. I'm going to escape or die. Commandy socks the jailer in the gut and runs away, so they set a hose on him.
1: The <laughs> Tiger Guard's like, oh, 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 he needs a cleaning anyhow. Take it easy with the
2: pressure. Caesar will skin us if we hurt him.
1: Uh, later, uh, Commandi emerges with his captors, because they, you know, they they did uh, sedate him or at yep. least knock him down for a bit, and he's wearing the cutest little ensemble yeah. you ever imagine.
0: It's like a Jack Kirby's Little Lord Fauntleroy, you know. He's a, oh, it's, it's, it's almost a, like a sailor suit. It's so adorable. It's ridiculous. Oh, it's
1: adorable. <laughs> <laughs> he's led to a plaza for a ceremony being conducted by his new owner. Uh, the Tiger Men, they, they worship an atomic warhead. Uh, It's coming out of the ground. It's a a pretty interesting scene there. They all bow in reverence and honor the Keeper of the Warhead. Are we saying Canis or Canis? I'm
0: going to say Canis because, well, I'm not going to reveal why. Because it's funnier. Yeah, it is a little funnier, yeah.
1: (laughs) So they, they, uh, they honor the Keeper of the Warhead, Dr. Canis. Uh, leading to Kamandi stomping a couple of their heads into the ground. It's great. They bow down and he like just like curb stomps.
0: Yeah, I, and actually I'd even say Kirby stomps because it's like There the, you go. These <laughs> like these like shocks of Kirby shock lines just reverber their their heads disappear, you know. For all we know, he they're they they have bloody
2: neck <laughs> been stumps atomized left. Too. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Oh, we got to get that one into a dictionary. Kirby <laughs> Stomp, I love it. Yeah. <laughs> now he charges, uh, in, the, in the distraction, he charges at uh, the Great Caesar with designs on stealing that laser scepter of his. And he noinks it right out of the back of his belt.
2: <laughs> I'll need this, your majesty. That atomic missile must have a heat trigger. To explode it.
1: Now there's a single dog man present. He's uh, got the face of a dog. And I wonder who that might be. <laughs> now this, this mysterious dog man is Doctor Canis. And he Whoa. says he says, No, no, drop that weapon. You don't know what you're doing And he's right. <laughs> <laughs> Commandy looks like he's gonna unload this laser at the warhead.
0: I I
2: does, is that a good
0: idea? I mean what's what's the plan here, Commandy? Are you <laughs> Just going to annihilate everyone? Is that the idea? <laughs> <laughs> no.
1: It's just like Vivian in that episode of uh, one of our favorite shows, The Young Ones. Yeah. <laughs> what I need is a drill, the hedge trimmers, and some ordinary household bleach. <laughs> 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 now, uh, if it's not if it's not clear, the dog man is Dr. Canis. He grabs Commandy, and he tries to calm the boy down. He says, you young fool. This isn't the only way out. This world still has alternatives for you.
2: As what? As a pet? As a hunted animal? Like those wild humans? Do you think I'd live like that?
1: Now, Canis, he just begs commandy to trust him. And uh, even manages to smooth the out- outburst over with Caesar, who would... <laughs> I think he was getting ready to skin the boy. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> later on, uh, Canis and commandy they have a semi-contentious back and forth. Uh, the last boy on Earth here has quite the lip on him.
2: What now, Canis? Are you going to teach me to fetch your
1: slippers? Someone who packs a survival kit and sidearms can do better than that, yes. And that someone knows how to explode an atomic missile, doesn't he? I've been aware of phenomena like yourself for some time now. That's just great. What happens
2: to us phenomena? Do we wind up in freak shows? Uh, Then Canis (laughs)
0: invites Commandee to enter a room and inside there's a human in full astronaut gear.
2: Mm-hmm. That costume he's wearing, I've seen illustrations of it in old books.
1: I wouldn't exactly classify him as an old illustration, says Canis. And that's why
0: you're the doctor and Commandy <laughs> is just just a guy reading illustrated books. Yes, uh, the astronaut is radioactive. <laughs> he is. <laughs> this is this is really what this part really threw me for a loop, but he wears a circle patch over his cycloheart, which serves as an atom smasher and the harder he yes. presses it the more of a fission, you know, kind of a, an atomic fission happens.
1: Yeah, so his power is basically to cause a nuclear meltdown. Like, but that's not a power. <laughs>
0: <laughs> power is to be one of the most dangerous uh, terrorists in our existence is what his
1: power exactly. is. Uh,
0: the astronaut <laughs> introduces himself as Ben Boxer, a very Kirby name as far as I'm concerned. Absolutely. Uh, Commandy reaches out and presses his forehead into Ben's chest. He begins sobbing, knowing that he's no longer alone.
1: But I I could have sworn we've seen some humans in this book before.
0: Yeah, right at the beginning. They're the ones (laughs) that ran away when he said hi. I don't really understand. Like, suddenly, (laughs) (laughs) uh, Ben hugs the boy as we fade to the next issue blurb. All complete in the next issue, a shocking discovery unearthed in what remains a once great modern city. Commandee finds it and releases a fury never before imagined by the mind of reasoning man. The last boy on earth and Ben Boxer plunge into the year of the rat.
1: The issue actually closes out with something I, I used to I used to love it when they included this stuff back oh, in the yeah. day, like you'd see like a like a cross section of the Avengers mansion or or the, or the JLA whatever the Batcave like the plans yeah. for the Batcave yeah oh I love this they they, they actually include something they call Commandi's continent. And it's uh it's basically North and South America, uh with a new continent, and they're all it's all labeled, it's all actually, uh, uh, cordoned off to what lives where and the whole infrastructure of this continent. Yeah. It just uh, it, it's it's like if I was a kid, this would totally capture my imagination. I mean, I'm I'm 36 now and it is.
0: Oh, absolutely. So I was uh, I was looking at these things like I I'd love to read about a lot of these. Uh, well, uh, let's absolutely. let's jump right in.
1: Yeah. Um, now, it features a new mountainous continent in the Arctic Atlantic, uh, which is connected to the North American continent, kind of like where you figure Green, Greenland would be. Yeah. Uh, now, they say that this is formed by upheaval. Later on, we find out that this continent was built brick by brick by Superman.
0: Really? What, 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 yeah. to, what, to, for what reason? Do you know?
1: or? Because the planet split and lava was spewing out of it. And he picked up boulders and he plugged the hole. Wow! And it made this new continent. They, uh, they they referred to him as the Mighty One. Yeah. But uh, it was it was very definitely Superman.
0: That is that's pretty that's pretty great. Uh yeah. And that, I guess that qualifies as upheaval. Yes. <laughs> um, we find that human herds can be found in Quebec and the Newfoundland areas of Canada.
1: Mm-hmm. we have the expanding tiger Empire which is pretty much everything in in the United States east of the Mississippi yeah uh, in New York which is now underwater there's a rat network uh, and the leopards who fight the tigers and uh, sea pirates are uh, based off the coast of Florida
0: yeah uh yeah they're actually leopard I meant I, I think I miswrote there but they're they're leopard sea pirates which just makes them yeah. uh twice as awesome that's pretty that's pretty mm-hmm. much the amount of awesome they doubled it yeah, absolutely. Um, Western Canada and Alaska are considered the Dominion of the Devils, inhabited by hostile phantoms. Yes. Uh, Alaska also contains; it actually looks to be almost totally a strange fire area.
1: Yeah, and then the uh, we have the uh, Midwest is home to the guerrilla communes, which is uh, where you'll where. Because Commandy and Ben, they, they basically travel. <laughs> they're yeah. It's like they're walking. It's kind of like the Superman Grounded story. They're actually walking across the, the continent.
0: And they visit and a lot of these places, yeah. That, that they do. They do. They here, yeah.
1: Yeah, because the, the guerrilla communes is where the Superman story uh, comes up. And um, we have the Pacific Northwest. It's home of the Lion Tribes. And by the picture here, it looks like they build Pueblos to live in.
0: Okay. Sure. What <laughs> sure. I guess that's a good, good enough thing to live in. Uh, Absolutely. S- Southern California through Mexico and Central America is a wild human preserve, and thank goodness someone's thinking of the humans. Uh, this this also contains a jungle area because humans like jungles, right? That's their natural sure. habitat.
1: but well, The great thing about this is we have all these feral beasts or these or these intelligent beasts, I should say. Yeah. And every time they see a human, they refer to the humans as animals. Yep. Well. Because uh, I've read a it. few more issues of this, and they they whenever they see a human. They, to speak derogatory towards them, they call them an animal. Look, but they, but you know, they're lions and tigers. So it's uh, look, very and interesting. Look how the
2: humans act. They act like beasts.
1: They do. <laughs> now, South America is labeled as tracking site, uh, the city of the nuclear people, and I think this is because Commande takes place after the, uh, in the 70s DC, there was something called the Great Disaster. I think it was the 70s uh, that was supposed to occur in 1986. And uh, also had uh, had characters called the Atomic Knights, and I think th- this does take place in the same time line, I believe.
0: That was something when I read up on it. They they had confirmed that in not in Commandy, but in I think Omac. I forget what it was. One of the other Kirby something books. that tied it in. They huh? tied them in together, yeah. yeah.
1: and there's also a mystery crater count- country there. Yeah, is.
0: <laughs> I'd love to see that. Uh, sure. The, the Northern Pacific Ocean is populated by intelligent. Killer whale raiders. Uh, I really, really want to hope that this is not like people that ride intelligent people that ride. <laughs> killer. I, I'm hoping the killer whales are intelligent, uh, yes. and I would, I'm sure they could support a successful comic book series all by itself. That's oh, it. yeah, you know they... the intelligent killer whale. That's the new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. You know, as far as I'm concerned.
1: Absolutely, they need to get their own multiversity uh, planet. Yeah. <laughs> now. Um... Commanding the Last Boy on Earth would run for 59 issues, concluded in September 1978, uh, a victim, like many others, of the D.C. implosion. Now Kirby would write and draw the book for uh, all the way up to the 37th issue, and then he would draw from 38 to 40, uh, scripted by uh, Jerry Conway. Uh, then he left D.C., uh, Conray, Conway kept writing it, and it was drawn by a fellow by the name of Chick Stone. Um, passed through a few hands before its conclusion, uh, it featured writers such as Paul Levitz, Denny O'Neill, David Anthony Kraft, Elliot S. Magan, and Jack C. Harris, with art by Pablo Marcos, Keith Giffen, and Dick Ayers.
0: And I got to think that's some of Keith Giffen's earliest work, right? It's I mean, got to be. I, I don't, I'm not such, so versed in him, but yeah, it's got to be. He was young in the 80s when I was reading yeah. uh, you know, Legion of Superheroes, so uh, this is, he's got to be like a kid, real little kid here. Yeah. Uh, two additional issues were published, sort of, in the in house copyright protection. Uh, publication canceled comics cavalcade number two this is where they basically put out a xerox of half-finished or you know partly finished uh titles that that were canceled right in the middle of their production for the dc yeah. implosion uh kirby did one of those stories which get stars his and joe simon's update of sandman and not the one from the 40s but the one from the 70s um,
1: so not the one from
0: the 90s either. Not the one from the 90s either, exactly. <laughs> the one the, the one right in this sliver, you know, when he when he <laughs> hung out with Bruton Glob. Yeah, that one. Uh, that and, guy. And he looked over a kid named, mainly over this kid, Jed Walker, and that actually establishes that Commandy is, that kid is Jed Walker, which I'm not mm. really sure how that would work, but uh, it works. In, Such in,
1: a weird time.
0: It really is. <laughs> uh. uh this is this is me, you know, pontificating. But of all Kirby properties, Commandy one of the least pimped. I think uh, it hmm. doesn't really fit into the Fourth World saga very neatly. And being that he exists in the far future, he's not gonna like hang out with the Justice League and Batman or whatever. Um, so you you often see a nod to Commandy's world in any Crisis event. There'll be a panel uh, yeah. where they're reacting to Red Skies or whatever's happening, uh, or whenever there's a time traveling. You know, where they where they're scrolling through a bunch of times, they'll usually stroll through Commandy's world uh, at some point in there. But he's rarely finished. He rarely featured prominently in any of them, except for arguably Final Crisis. But we'll get to that.
1: Yeah, and Final Crisis was a whole other yeah weird thing anyway <laughs>
0: we, we could say a lot of things could probably be true about the final <laughs> crisis and we're not sure but who knows
1: yes. uh, we've read uh i think there's that's one of the events that actually has conflicting annotations on yeah it's, I, I, it's very it's, strange
0: it's more like the torah it's more something you interpret you know you there's yes. really no one way to do it
1: yeah, I've got, I've got posters all over my wall. It looks pretty sick. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, despite having uh, existed in the far-flung future, he did manage to interact with Batman twice. Uh, now, This is the Brave and the Bold number 120, uh, July 1975. title of the story was The Earth is Mine, and it was written by Bob Haney and uh, with art by Jim Aparo, which tells me that this story probably took place on Earth H., Probably, yeah. Which is which is the Jim, which is the Bob Haney. He doesn't care about. Yeah, yeah, he doesn't care about continuity. Mm -hmm. We'll put the story there. Um, In the story, Batman slips into a coma and astrally projects to Earth AD to hang out with Kamandi. Also, uh, Brave and the Bold 157, December 1979, the month and year I was born. Uh, yeah, Time, My Dark Destiny is the title, and also by Bob Haney, with art by Jim Aparo. Uh, in this story, Commandy is sent back in time and brainwashed to work for the mob. I've got to track that down.
0: <laughs> I know, I really want to see that
1: one. <laughs> and uh, and uh, as like many others, Crisis on Infinite Earths did away with his timeline, and the boy would have who ha- would have been Commandy becomes Tommy Tomorrow instead. Uh, but as they say, you can't keep a good Commandy down.
0: Nope. Uh, he'd, he'd return for a six-issue Elseworlds mini called Commandie at Earth's End that ran from June to November 1993. That was by Tom Veitch and Frank Gomez. Uh, this is an alternate continuity to Kirby's Commandy, although it's essentially the same kind of thing. It's you know, it's it's him in a post-apocalyptic future dealing. Uh, he does actually link up. With an elderly Superman, and that's why this spun off into the other Elseworlds mini, Superman at Earth's End, also by Tom Veitch. And yes, that's the one you're thinking of, where Superman's holding a giant Gatling gun and uh, screaming at people. Uh, Yes. There was also a commandy series, this one I have read, uh, by Dave Gibbons and Ryan Sook, in 2009 for Wednesday Comics. Wednesday Comics is one of the greatest things DC has done in modern years, and there is a collection, and I I strongly recommend everyone go try and grab a copy of that.
1: Yeah, because it's basically like the uh, Sunday Funnies. Oh, yeah. It's actually on on like newspaper. It's 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 it, crazy. It, it
0: was originally on newspaper. The reprint yeah. is just a giant oversized hardcover, oversized hardcover. The table thing. Uh, it's it was better, I think, in the original format. But if you mm. can get those, hey, get those too. Don't you know, get whatever you can get. But uh, absolutely. Um. Yeah. I mean, wildly entertaining. Such a wide variety of art. Such,
1: oh, and stories, such yeah.
0: Great stories and using unfamiliar characters. The Plastic Man from that—that that was Kyle Baker, right? Am I right about yep, that? Yep, I believe so. Oh, I love it so much. It's, it's. I'm telling you, strongly recommended.
1: Certainly, certainly. Um, after Infinite Crisis, which uh, was that, like 19, uh, was that 19? It was uh, 2006 or so. Yeah, i uh, see. A, a bunker named Command D was built under Bluthaven, mm-hmm. uh, which is where Nightwing hung out. <laughs> 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 I think it's Bloodhaven, but it's funny to say it the other way.
0: Well, actually, no, uh, with the Umlaut, it would be Bluthaven. That's, yeah, like, there that's we go. how it's supposed to be pronounced, but who? why would you call it that? It's crazy. <laughs> I know.
1: <laughs> um, no. Yeah. Nope. Bunkers A through C were probably co-opted by a uh, Batman at that point. Yeah. Um in the awesome story that was Countdown, uh <laughs> we learn that Command D is where Brother I is controlled. And uh, Buddy Blank, who is OMAC in the Bronze Age, the you know, the the man with the huge mohawk, not the robot. Right, right. right. Uh, shows up with his grandson, who, according to pre-Crisis on Infinite Earth's continuity, would have been commandy. But that, unfortunately, turns out to be a tease.
0: Sort of like that whole series.
1: <laughs> <laughs> something like that. Uh, now, Countdown was counting down to something, and that was in that was Final Crisis. And in Final Crisis, Commandee goes back in time and asks Anthro for Metron's weapon. Uh, and it kind of sets off the whole story. And it's great because Anthro was always, he his subtitle was the first boy. Yep. And Commandee was the last boy. So it was a... Uh, a little bit of a neat uh, alpha omega there
0: absolutely yeah and you know that's sort of what final crisis is all about is sort of connecting the end to the beginning and yeah uh so in a sense commandy sort of tips off that whole thing but in a, in a larger sense most people forgot about that scene because it was really incidental and in the beginning of, of, a, of a very yeah. complex story so um beyond uh those moments and then you know him showing up on a panel here and there whenever the uh, universe is about to be destroyed uh, I don't think there are other instances of Commandy uh, showing up in DC. If anyone can correct us on that, please write into the show.
1: Um, but we do. Uh, we we there are rumors. Oh yes, that there is something called the Commandy Challenge coming up.
0: That's I, I didn't even I didn't even mention this. Uh, <laughs> we should we should probably bring that up. But it's going to be twelve <laughs> issues by all by different mm-hmm. creators, right?
1: It's basically going to be a uh, – it's going to be a, like Writer A is going to write a uh, story that kind of puts Writer B into a corner they need to get themselves out of. Yeah. Uh, DC did this in the mid-'80s with the DC Challenge. And uh, while it wasn't a very fun thing to read, there were a lot of fun things about it. Uh, that's where, like, you'd see, like, Judo Master from Charlton Comics just show up. and And yeah. uh, – like, one writer would pop him in there, and then the next writer, who may not have any any knowledge of the character, had to figure out what to do with them. I and remember uh, it
0: sort of falling apart at the end. You know, it was really promising. It was. But by the yeah. end, it was like, uh, well. Um, <laughs> I, I Just gotta, publish it, get it out. I got to say also, you know, uh, uh, with anything in comics, probably anything in life, too. It doesn't exist until we see it. You know, they, they a lot of True. you know a lot of talk about it, but until they have it, they put it on a solicit. I don't believe it's anything. So uh, and even then, and even then, they believe, yeah, many <laughs> times that is not a guarantee of anything happening. So I hope it does. You know, a lot of good names attached to it. Um, I yep. don't have them to hand, but they're easy to find if you do a search. Sure. Um no, So either. we'll be looking forward to that, and that would be probably the biggest thing Commandy's done in uh, in like well, maybe ever. Definitely <laughs> for like 30 years, right? Yeah, so. at, at least. Anyway, uh, if you have opinions about Commandy, write into the show. That's uh, comics at gmail.com. And, of course, you can read our writings uh, every week and other great comics reviews and content at weirdsciencedccomics.com. You want to follow me on Twitter, I'm at Reggie.
1: I'm at Ace Comics.
0: And every week, and especially today, which actually the day we're recording, so this is useless <laughs> to you, but... <laughs> uh, you should read Chris is on InfiniteEarths.blogspot.com. He reviews a new DC, a different DC comic every single day, and you just did Commande number twenty-nine.
1: I did. Right? That's the one. That's the one that ties everything in with uh, with Superman. It was uh, a hell of a fun read. I was not expecting it.
0: Yeah, you know, we we, we both got, mm-hmm. we went into this because Jim requested it, and I've heard of mm-hmm. Commande, but I was I was expecting it to be okay. Uh, we were yeah. we, we enjoyed the heck out of it. This was a lot of fun, yeah. and and I definitely. If I ever find myself with a big chunk of time, I think that reading the whole run is something I would uh, strongly consider, but, uh, you know, definitely not going to happen anytime
1: No. We, we need to break all four of our legs.
0: That's what we talk about. So maybe we'll get lucky and break our libs and we'll have to be yes. we'll convalesced for a month. Um, but anyway, you got anything else for him, Chris?
1: No, I think, I think that'll do us.
0: Well, thanks, everyone. And until next week, I want you to keep it on the treadmill apocalyptically.
1: Join back in space, snuff the human race.